Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Uh, last week we was the first Sunday of the month. We kicked off our uh, series that is coinciding with 14 days of prayer and fasting. And um, uh, so we're intentionally taking these 14 days and we're asking the Lord to give us new vision for this year and for this, really this next decade, both individually and corporately. So we're just asking you guys to pray in, to lean in, ask the Lord for, for vision individually, ask, ask the Lord for um, uh, vision corporately as a church, and we believe God is going to do some amazing things. Here's a question I think I would like everyone to ask themselves as we're doing this. Um, where do you want to be in 10 years? What is the things, things that God wants to do in and through you in the next 10 years? Good. Okay. <laughs> what are the things God wants to do in you and through you in the next 10 years? Um, this year, uh, I'm, I'm 39 right now. I'm going to turn 40 this year. So in November of this year, I'm going to be 40 years old. Okay. In 10 years, for 10 years from now, I'll be, I'll be 49 and turning uh, 50. So like, that's crazy, right? 50 in 10 years. So what, what is it, whatever your age is, just um, add 10 years to it, okay? Think about that. <laughs> Think about that. Whatever your age is, add 10 years to it. That seems crazy to me, 50 years old. <clears throat> Where do you want to be in, in 10 years? What do you want God to do in and through you in 10 years? So a, t- a time of prayer and fasting. Fasting, like Emily was saying, it just sensitizes you to the Lord. It sensitizes you, you, makes you more sensitive, makes you more spiritually in tune to what the Lord um, wants to do um, in your heart. And so sometimes it's a very specific step, like, hey, God wants me to be a doctor, so I should probably go to medical school, right? So there's very specific instructions. How many know if you're going to be a doctor and you don't go to medical school, you're not going to be a doctor, right? At least not my doctor. Like, (laughs) I want my doctor to go to school. So, so there are things that God will give us intentionally. He'll put it on our hearts. Also, there are times where I think just being in an atmosphere like this, where we just come together in worship and in prayer and, and a time of intentional prayer and fasting, he actually does things in us that we don't even know about. Um, the, uh, the Bible talks about, like, in, in the nighttime, he, you'll seal up instruction in our hearts, right? And I love, I love that God does both. He does things unknowingly in our hearts without us really even knowing, and we just posture ourselves in an atmosphere where he can work and do things in us. And other times he gives us very specific, here's your next step. And so um, that's what we're doing, and it's end on, um, again, a, a, a night of prayer and worship. We're really excited about that. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm doing, and I'll tell you what Emily's doing, and just, just to give you some ideas of what um, you can still do, because if you haven't jumped in on this yet, we still want to encourage you uh, to jump in on this. Um, actually, I prayed about it, and I felt like the Lord just said, give up coffee. So I gave up coffee, and I like coffee. I love coffee. I drink coffee every day. And so that's been a bit of a sacrifice for me. So it's nothing extreme that I'm doing personally. My wife's doing kind of liquids only. She's doing, she's juicing every day, doing liquids, and seems like she's juicing all the time, you know, cleaning a juicer and juicing. It's like a constant thing that she's doing. Um, <clears throat> our daughter, Evie, she's doing uh, no sweet drinks. So she's only, she's drinking water 
um, for drinks only. But we know some people are, you know, they give up social media. Some people are um, doing the Daniel fast, which is like no meats and sweets, just like vegetables. So I say that to say, whatever the Lord puts on your heart, um, whatever he gives you grace for and puts on your heart, go with it. But more importantly, what, more importantly than what you give up, um, be praying with us. Uh, we have some um, times of corporate prayer where we're here as a church praying, um, but also at home, be praying with us and be intentionally leaning into this for yourself and for us as a church. Um, it's been really good. And like if you start Wednesday, if you haven't jumped in on this, if you start Wednesday, you can still get a whole week, a whole weekend if you start Wednesday till the time we're finished up here. So highly encourage you to do that. It's going to be a good thing. Um, the, the series that we're doing, it's coinciding with these um, 14 days of intentional prayer and fasting. Last week, we did a message called, um, actually, what was the name of the message last week? It was called First Things First. But our, our, what we're focusing on is upward. So in this series, it's upward, inward, and outward. Okay, last week, we focused on upward. And the message was called First Things First. Um, if you missed that message, you can definitely go online and listen to it. Um, or you can view it on uh, YouTube. But um, if you missed that, I could probably summarize it in one image. And if you have an image, go ahead and put it up. Okay. <laughs> Tina, eat the food. All right. Tina, eat the food. We talked about how the Bible is your spiritual food. You need to eat your food, Tina. All right. So I debated even using that illustration. But it was, you know what? It's, it's, this, is, this is the tricky thing about preaching. As you commit, you're always trying to communicate something true, something right, but you got to make it sticky. You got to get the stick in people's minds, and that's the, that's the key right there. So, teenage your food. Okay, so there were other things we said in that message, but if you missed it, go back and listen to it. This week we're going to focus on inward. So we're going to talk about spiritual healing and spiritual health. And um, next week, uh, we're going to talk about outward. We're going to talk about um, lighting up our world with the love of Jesus. And uh, I want to talk uh, next week, I'm going to give you the amount, uh, the dollar amount that we gave away to missions last year as a church. It's awesome, okay? So come back and you'll get to hear what we gave away in, in uh, 2019 for missions, uh, both local, national, and international missions. Um, so that'll be really cool. Okay, so this week we're focusing on inward. I want to talk to you about spiritual healing and spiritual health. Now, this is certainly not going to be a, a completely all-inclusive message about how to be spiritually healthy or, you know, have your heart healthy. But this week, um, I pray for every message. I don't just like, you know, just make a message or copy and paste a message. I pray about every message that the Lord, that I give up here. And this week I was praying for you guys and I was like, God, what, what does the... What do they need? What do they need to hear? What does the church need to hear? How do you want me to view them? What do you want us to talk about? And um, I had the, kind of this, this uh, picture that the Lord gave me. And if you're not familiar with kind of uh, words of knowledge, um, sometimes the Lord speaks to us through pictures and then to lead us into truth and stuff like that. And I'm praying this week, Lord, what do you want me to speak on? What, what do you want me to say to people? And I have this kind of a bizarre picture, and you've got to bear with me. I had this picture of my eye, but there was blood, like, running over my eye. Okay? And this is what I felt the Lord said in my heart. I felt like the Lord said <clears throat> that God wants us to view ourselves through the blood of Jesus. Okay? He wants me to view you, not in the natural. He wants me to view you through the blood of Jesus. Okay, he wants us to view ourselves through the blood of Jesus. Or let me say that another way. He wants us to view ourselves through the finished work of the cross. Jesus' work on the cross was complete. 
it purchased salvation and healing, both spiritually, physically, emotionally. Okay, his, his work is complete, and he wants us to view ourselves through that lens. Very important for the Christian life. All right? And so, uh, if we're going to be spiritually healthy and healed and whole, it's very important that we view ourselves through the finished work of the cross. Have you guys ever heard of the term beer goggles? Have you ever experienced this? Don't raise your hands. Okay. <laughs> this is beer goggles. If you have enough to drink, you are attracted to people that you otherwise wouldn't be attracted to, right? Okay, that's, that's beer goggles. So in this case, this lady who had enough to drink, this guy looks like George Clooney now. So, okay, those are beer goggles, all right? I don't know if you've experienced that. I haven't, but, okay. But we need to view ourselves through the blood of Jesus, through the finished work of the cross, okay? And what Jesus did. The title of my message today is called Blood Goggles, okay? <laughs> through the finished work of the cross, all right? Now, that, again, that seems weird, but you're not going to forget that, are you? <laughs> it's going to stick in your mind. So, viewing ourselves through the finished work of the cross, through the blood of Jesus. Before we really get rolling, I want to I kind of take a, um, a quiz here. And um, it'll make my point here in just a second, so it's not like I'm just giving a random quiz. But here's, here's the quiz. I recently learned, um, and was surprised by, um, I recently learned how the vast majority of the world's um, internet is transmitted. The information is transmitted. The, the vast majority of the world's internet information is transmitted in a certain way. And I want to take a survey to see, like, now if you know the answer, don't, don't tell the person next to you, but we'll take a survey to find out what people think, okay? And so um, there's three options. There's these underwater cables that go from um, transcontinental cables. This was invented in 1858. The first transcontinental cable was from Europe to the United States, and they actually sent a Morse code message through it. Um, actually, uh, before this, it took 10 days to get a message from Europe to the United States, 10 days. Um, this cut that to minutes. You could get a message from one continent to another in 10 minutes. So it, it was a huge leap forward in innovation. Okay, that happened in 1858, so a long time ago. Um, the second option is radio towers or radio communication. That was invented in 1895 and of course was perfected in the, the 20th century. So uh, radio communication. And then the third option is satellites. So the first satellite was launched in uh, 1957, and of course we use satellites for communication today. Um, all right, how many think that the vast majority of information is conveyed through underwater submarine cables? Raise your hand. Okay. How many think that the vast majority of information is conveyed through radio waves, radio towers, and what have you? Okay. How many think that the vast majority of internet information around the world is conveyed through satellites? All right, so most people are going with the satellites, okay? You ready for the answer? It's pretty interesting. The answer is submarine cables carry the vast majority of internet information around the world. By far, actually, 95% of that information is still, still that old, Tried and true method, so yeah. So this is a picture of these submarine cables. They lay them across the ocean, and thousands and thousands of miles of these submarine cables. Go to, go show the next picture. So this is a boat 
that they like coil these cables on and they, they'll fill that whole entire room with cable. They have like three of these on each boat. They'll fill that whole thing up and then they go across the ocean and lay it across the ocean. That is how the vast majority, in fact, Google, I think it's Google, Facebook, and like um, Microsoft are currently um, teaming together to, to lay another cable across the Atlantic that is like more bandwidth than any other um, cable that's ever been laid. Um, what's crazy is, so like, um, and nowadays they have fiber optic cables that can carry a lot more information. They can transmit, the, um, the entire Library of Congress can be transmitted in two seconds across the ocean. That, that's how much information can go, go through. Okay, so what's my point? Um, my point is this, 150 years ago the first transatlantic cable was laid and these submarine cables remain the fastest and most effective way to transmit information. Like it's a bandwidth issue. You you can't you can simply cannot transmit that much via satellite. And in fact, when people say like, oh, you know, it's it's in the cloud on my phone. It's like, yeah, it's stored in the cloud. It's really not a cloud. It's the ocean. <laughs> you know, it's on actually on a server somewhere. But you know, it's transmitted literally underneath the ocean. And so my point. My, this is my point. Was saying all this. Sometimes it's not the new flashy thing that works the best. Sometimes it's the old tried and true method that works the best, right? For another example of this would be, uh, uh, for example, the, the vast majority of the world's cargo is shipped how? Still by boats. Boats have been around for thousands of years, but airplanes, uh, trucks, trains still don't dominate the, how the vast majority of the world's cargo is shipped. It's a tried and true method. If you want to get somewhere, something from one continent to another for cheap, that is still the cheapest way to do it. So it's not, sometimes it's not the um, new flashy thing that works best, but it's the old tried and true method. Today I want to reinforce an old tried and true method rather than a new flashy method to be healthy spiritually, emotionally, physically, right? And that's all possible because of the blood of Jesus, because of the cross. The reason, church, that we exist is because Jesus, this man came, this man who was a God, came and died on the cross, paid the penalty for your sin, for my sin, and the sins of the world, and we are cleansed, and our lives are transformed and changed. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus, because of the finished work of the cross. Um, you know, there's a lot of self-help books out there. There's books being written all the time, this new flashy book, this is going to help you, this is going to change your life, and that's fine to read those things. Uh, I personally, I don't read a lot of books. I mostly read the Bible. Um, but, you know, some of those books can be great. You know, you, you want to get new knowledge. You can get, get things in you, be learning, be innovative. Those are, those are great things. But there's an old tried and true method that as Christians, we have to um, keep a hold of this, okay? If we get too far from this truth, we're going to get off truth altogether, okay? It's, it's so simple. The scandal of the gospel and the simplicity of the finished work of the cross is so simple, but it is the most powerful truth in the world. Okay, so I want to reinforce a old truth, not a new truth today. When we look inward, we need to look inward with these blood goggles on, with the perspective of the finished work of the cross. Okay, looking inward and being introspective can be a good thing. And in fact, I think there are scriptures that support time of introspection and time of looking and is important. But it can also be a very destructive thing if you're doing it the wrong way. If you're, if you're looking in and you're examining yourself and you're not doing it through the lens of the finished work of the cross, you are doing it wrong. And you're going you're gonna to end up in the wrong place and you're going to end up with the wrong conclusions. 
when you don't view yourself through the cross, through the finished work of Jesus. And so we want to look inward with these new goggles. Now, I don't know about you, but when I look inward, sometimes I like what I see, and sometimes I don't like what I see, right? Sometimes I am delighted by, like, the fruit of the Spirit and the work that God's doing in my life and in my heart. Sometimes I'm delighted by it. Other times I'm horrified by what I thought was dead, what I thought was buried, what I thought was gone, and still, and still remains there, right? Have you ever been there? <laughs> okay. Um, the Apostle Paul, he outlines kind of this, um, this internal struggle that he talked about in the book of Romans chapter 7. He talks about this contradiction that he saw within himself. And I'm going to read this real quickly. Um, so that you guys know what I'm talking about. If you've never read Romans, Romans 7, um, go read it sometime. It says this. Paul says this, For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I, for I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil that I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work within me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man that I am. Okay, I've, I've reached that conclusion before. What a wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Okay, um, I've been there many times. Been there many times. I'm sure you've been there many times. Who will rescue me? I'm, the good I want to do, I don't do. The bad I don't want to do, I do it. You know, how am I going to get out of this? Now, I want to say something about Romans 7. Um, there, there is some debate as to whether Paul was referring to himself uh, before his conversion or after conversion in Romans 7. Okay, there's, some, there's actually some debate about that, whether he was kind of having a flashback and talking about himself before the cross. Um, was Paul a Jewish man before Christ trying to keep all of the law and the subsequent 613 laws and failing miserably? Okay, because if you knew the law, you knew the entire law, and you tried to keep those things perfectly, you would, you would fail, actually. So this law that you would try to keep and try to work hard to do, you, you would fail miserably. Or was he talking about himself as a Christian man who still struggled under grace, having received grace? Okay, now... I'll give you my personal opinion, and if you don't agree with it, that's fine, because um, it's not like a, a big deal if you don't agree. Personally, I believe that he was talking about himself at that moment, about himself before he had received grace. I think he was, in, in Romans 7, I think he was talking about himself before he'd received Jesus. And the reason, here's the reason why I believe that, Romans 6 and Romans 8. <laughs> The reasons why I believe Romans 7 is talking about Paul pre-conversion is because of Romans 6 and Romans 8. And I'm not going to go into all that. But in Romans 7, he's, he, he says the word law, 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 many times. He's talking about the law. How many know that we're not under the law? We're under the care now of grace. And so our job now is to try hard to be good, to obey laws. Our, our job is actually to walk in step with the Holy Spirit in partnership with the Holy Spirit, not looking at the list of rules and trying to be good enough. Okay, so if, you're, if your theology and your, your version of Christianity is, I got, here are the rules, and I got to keep these rules, and I'm trying really hard to keep these rules every day, like, that's not Christianity. 
Christianity is actually a relationship with Jesus. He writes the laws on your heart, right? And then we walk in step with the Holy Spirit and we live it out. Amen? So <clears throat> I personally believe Romans 7, he's talking about pre-conversion. Now, having said that, I think it's totally possible and happens all the time that Christians find themselves right in the middle of Romans 7. All right? Um, even though I don't believe that Romans 7 is supposed to be the normal Christian expression of life, I think Christians find themselves there all the time. In fact, I would say that most Christians probably find themselves in the middle of Romans 7 all the time, even though I believe that's not what God has called us to. And here's why. I don't think most Christians don't know who they are in Jesus. I think it's an identity issue. I think if you knew who you are in Christ Jesus, you understood that you're, you've been brought into a new kingdom, that your old self has died, right? That you're now a son, you're a daughter of the king. Like, I believe you would stay out of Romans 7 a lot more and live in Romans 8 a little bit more. Amen? Okay. So I think even though I don't think it's the normal Christian life to live in Romans 7, I think Christians are in Romans 7 all the time. And I will admit that at times I live in Romans 7 as well. But then I can remember my identity and get out of there, right? Okay, so living under grace, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and walking with the Holy Spirit, I believe is the normal Christian life and not Romans 7. But if we're going to have, when we look in, when we're gonna, if we're going to have victory here, when we look in and with these, when we, when we become introspective, we need to look in with our blood goggles. We need to look in with the perspective of the finished work of the cross. And so today, what I want to do, again, I want to communicate some new flashy thing. I want to communicate an old thing, that we need to look at ourselves as clean as Jesus has made us. And when we do that, I believe healing and health will manifest in our lives. And this will outweigh any other self-help book or any other way you can find to be the new you, okay? This is the power of the gospel, okay? So I want to highlight three benefits today of looking in with these, these blood goggles, Okay, looking inward with the finished work of the cross in mind, okay? All right. When we have these blood goggles, number one, there is rest in the blood. All right? I've told this, <clears throat> I've told this story before, but when I was um, a little boy, um, my grandpa had a farm out in Brush, Colorado, and we went out to visit him, and each of me and my brother... And my cousins had a churn sitting on my grandpa's lap as he was driving the tractor. I don't know what he was doing, like plowing or planting something. I don't know. But each of us had a churn sitting on his lap, and he would go down you know, his field a couple times, and then the next one of us would get a churn. And I remember thinking, so we're trying to plow these straight lines, and I remember thinking, I want to plow the best lines. I want to do better than my cousins. I want to do better than my brother. I'm gonna, I want to do better, right? And so I get on my, my grandpa's lap, and we're, we're in the tractor, and I'm thinking, he's like, okay, kind of line up the front of the tractor with that line, and then, but kind of aim for the end of the, you know, the fence post down there at the end of the field. And I'm like, got it. I'm going to make the straightest lines possible. And so I get in there, and I'm like, you know, really trying hard to make sure the front of the tractor is lined up with this line, and I'm really working hard, because I want the straightest line, Okay. So at the end of the day, they'll see that, like, I did the best. Well, at the end of the day, we got done, and we were in the kitchen, and we look out at the field, and my lines looked like this. <laughs> and everyone else's lines were kind of just kind of nice and straight, and I'm like, what the heck happened? 
I was trying the hardest to have these straight lines, but mine are the most crooked out of everyone. They look terrible. What was I doing? I was trying so hard to line this thing up that I have all these course corrections, right? This is what it looks like, the introspective person looks like when they're trying to be good enough for God and obey all the laws and perform to be good enough for the Father. You're going to look worse. (laughs) Your, Your effort is actually coming against you. The Christian life is abiding in Jesus. It's resting in Jesus. It's resting in the finished work of the cross. And then, you know, God has laid out, there's a race before us, right? He says, um, Hebrews, that fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, right? He said, a, he said a race before us, and our goal is just keep your eyes on Jesus and just head that direction. Rest in the finish of the cross, and you will live much better, much cleaner, actually, than if you were trying to obey every little law, 613, you know, plus the Ten Commandments, okay? And so, <clears throat> are you living like this, back and forth, back and forth, or are you trying to perform to be good enough for God, or are you resting in the finished work of the cross and everything he's done for you? <clears throat> The Bible says that our, our best righteousness is as filthy rags to God. The best you can conjure up, the best you can do on your own, is as filthy rags to, to God. But a life empowered by the Spirit under grace is powerful, okay? And that's what I want to talk to you about. God knew that we, would, that we wouldn't be perfect and we would need to rest in Him. Matthew chapter 11, uh, 28 through 30, it says this. Jesus said this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Let's pause right there. God is gentle and humble in heart. Jesus is God, right? God is gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you enjoying the finished work of the cross today? Are you enjoying everything Jesus did for you? Okay? We're not trying to be good enough. He brought us close. He made made us close. He brought us into his kingdom. Okay? Right after this this section of scripture in Matthew 11, 28, um, Jesus talks a little bit about the Sabbath. And Jesus had problems with people who thought he was breaking the Sabbath in the Bible. I've said this before as well, but um, when Jesus... Try to say this correctly. Do you know how you know in the New Testament and the New Covenant how we know that we should obey a law that was written in the Old Covenant? You for sure know if Jesus or one of the apostles reinforced something. If they said, this is an important way for you to live. Okay. When Jesus talked about the Sabbath, he, he didn't say don't obey the Sabbath, but he changed what the Sabbath looks like. Okay. For sure, in the natural, you need a day off. Take a day off. Like, your body needs it. You need to rest in God. Take a day off, for sure. But Jesus, more than saying take a day off, Jesus said, I'm the Sabbath. Rest in me. Okay, the Sabbath isn't just one day a week. The Sabbath is every day of the week. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. We rest in what Jesus did for us. Jesus lived the perfect life. He kept every 613 laws in the Old Testament to a T and never broke the Sabbath and walked in love perfectly. He lived the perfect life that you couldn't live. He died the death that you deserve to die, right? And he rose to the dead. Okay, Jesus is our rest. I, I hope and I, I, that everyone here sees that as <clears throat> Jesus is supposed to be our rest, okay? And uh, John chapter 19, verse 30. 
Jesus, right before he, he died on the cross, Jesus said this statement. He said, it is finished. It is finished. What is finished? All the work, all the requirements. I lived the life, and then I gave my life for these people. It is finished. What did Jesus not say? Jesus did not say, to be continued. <laughs> right? He didn't say, like, oh, I'm up here. I've got them 90% of the way, but they're going to get the rest, the 10%. He didn't say to be continued, to be finished up at a later date. He said, it's done. It's done, okay? Um, so here's, here's a little truth I want you to get in your mind. We start at the finish line. Jesus finished it. We start at the finish line. We start from being sons and daughters. We start from approval, not for approval, right? We live from heaven to earth. We live from approval, not for approval. We live from righteousness to this earth. We live from holiness to this earth, okay? It was done before you were ever born. All right, so <clears throat> there is rest in the blood. We start at the finish line. Point number two, when you look at yourself through these blood goggles, there's rest in the blood, but point number two is there is life in the blood. Okay, we want to rest in the blood, but there's also life in the blood. Leviticus 17, 11 says this, for the life of the body is in the blood. If we take all your blood out, you will die. And that's profound. And I did not have to go to medical school to learn that. <laughs> that is one thing that you don't have to be a doctor to know. If you take all your blood out, you're going to die. The life of the body is in the blood. Okay. What, what about the church? Where's the life in the body of Christ? The life of the body is in the revelation of the blood of Jesus shed for you. The revelation that Jesus came, he died, he took our sin, he took our penalty, and he redeemed us to God. There's, that's the life. It's in the finished work of the cross. Okay, much of the body of Christ is lacking life because they lack a revelation on the blood of Jesus, on what he did for us. Uh, Romans chapter uh, 5, verses 6 through 10, it says this. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. I'm going to pause there real quick. When you were still powerless. Are you still powerless? No. Come on. You're not powerless anymore. You see, just at the right time, when you were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? There is life in the blood, okay? There's life in the blood of Jesus. There's newfound life in the blood of Jesus. When you see yourself and view yourself through the blood of Jesus, there's life. Um, let, me, let me give a, maybe a practical application. And I've, this is something I've said before, too, but we always have new people. So practical application. You're walking along the way, and you're like Paul, whether this is pre-conversion or post-conversion. You stumble along the way. You mess up. You sin. You did something wrong. What we tend to want to do is to punish ourselves, right? And then it's like, okay, I have to do so many, like, Hail Marys and good things and good deeds to kind of feel good about my relationship with God again right? Our tendency, we're just, as humans, we're workers. Working is good. You should have a good hard work ethic. But when it comes to God, we're not creating our own redemption, right? right? We're not creating our own redemption. And so our tendency is like, okay, I have to try hard for a couple weeks, then I can feel good about my relationship with the Lord again, even though I messed up yesterday. 
Okay, the, the Christian way is you stumble along the way and you go, oh my gosh, thank you God, that is not who I am. That is who I was, that person died in Christ, but I'm resurrected in Jesus, and that's my past, that's my history, and then you just get right back on with your relationship with the Lord. You don't dwell on it, you don't, you know, just press delete and move forward, okay? That's a practical way to, to, <clears throat> to do that. Okay, so there's rest in the blood, there's life in the blood, point number three, and there's power in the blood. Okay, how many want to have a powerful life? I want to have a powerful life. <clears throat> not, just, not just to live in victory over sin or shortcomings, but to actually have Holy Spirit power in my life, to see the Holy Spirit's operation in my life. <clears throat> I want to say this. The blood of Jesus and the finished work of the cross was not just to get you into heaven someday. Okay, it is that. Thank God for that. And if anything else, we have that, right? It isn't just to get you in heaven someday. It's to get heaven into you now. It's to get the operation of the kingdom of God into you today. See, um, I believe in the rapture. The rapture is coming. Jesus is coming back to this earth. But I'm not waiting to be rescued. I'm not, I'm not waiting for the rescue mission. I'm waiting. I'm here because I want Jesus to get what he paid for. He paid for humanity. He wants to redeem humanity himself. And he did it already. I want to cash the check that Jesus wrote. We get to cash the check that Jesus wrote. I'm not waiting just, to, oh, this world's so terrible, and I'm waiting to be rescued. I want to I be here manifesting the Son of God everywhere I go. Man, um, I want Jesus to get what he paid for. Watch this. Revelation chapter um, 5, verses 9 through 10. It says this, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on earth. Okay, obviously, part of this is he's talking about there's a new heaven and new earth, and we're going to reign on earth with Jesus. But how many know that part of this, reigning on earth, is talking about here and now? You can reign in life here and now. Okay, uh, let me read this. I'll read this verse to you. Romans chapter 5, 17, it says this, For if by the trespass of one man, speaking of Adam, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Christ Jesus? Okay? God wants you to reign in life here and now. Now, I don't know if you're, you know, at your job and it's boring and it doesn't seem like you're reigning and like, I'm a king, I'm a priest, you know, but listen, what does that look like to be a king and a priest and to reign here now? It looks like the kingdom of God and, and the Holy Spirit's operation manifesting our lives. It looks like having righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It looks like love, joy, peace, kindness, self-control manifesting itself in our lives here now. Okay? It's not like taking over whatever. It's, it's living the abundant life that God um, gave to us. Okay? It's here and now. This is why it's so important to wear our blood goggles, to look at ourselves through the finished work of the cross, okay? Every other religion in the world, it's penance, it's trying harder, it's the, do these lists of things to be right, to, to be made holy. Christianity is the opposite. Our God came and he served us. He served us. He died on the cross for us to redeem us back. And we receive it as a gift. It's a gift, right? So good. So you can reign in life here and now. Okay. 
Now, I want to kind of conclude with this. What about God? What kind of goggles does he wear? I felt like God said, I want, I want you to view the people through the finished work of the cross, through the blood of Jesus. We're, we're, in a, we're in a season of fasting right now, right? I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea with fasting. Like, and maybe you are doing no food. Like, I know people who've done 40-day fasts and stuff like that. Like, maybe you're full-on, like, hardcore. Good for you. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I'm not there yet. Okay. <laughs> God's working on me. So, <clears throat> I don't want them to get the wrong idea. We're not trying to be good enough for God by doing this. We know we're good enough for God. Fasting is just a way to spiritually sharpen yourself a little bit and be a little more focused in the spiritual realm. So I felt like the Lord said, I want you to see the people through the blood of Jesus, through the finished work of the cross. I want you to view yourself through the blood of Jesus, the finished work of the cross. I want us to view each other through our created value, through the finished work of the cross. Amen? What about God? How does he view us? Well, I believe he asked me to do that because that's how he views us too. And I'll give you a couple of scriptures that will def- definitely say that. Colossians 1 Uh, 21 through 22. It says this. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. Holy in whose sight? He, He reconciled us by Christ's physical body to present us holy in God's sight. If you are a Christian, under the sound of my voice, you've received grace, you've received Jesus, you are holy in God's sight. Everyone say, I am holy in God's sight. Okay? Watch this. Without blemish and free from accusation. Without blemish and free from accusation. That's you. That's you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how you've messed up. This is, these are the blood goggles that we need to see ourselves through. This will produce more holiness in you than trying to perform all the Ten Commandments and 613 subsequent other commandments, okay? I, didn't, I hope you didn't come to church to hear new rules and regulations. I hope you came to church to hear what Jesus did for you. This will make you walk holy. This will make you live powerful. This will make you feel like a son and feel like a daughter, okay? And we'll get you out of Romans 7 faster than anything else and into Romans 8, okay? <laughs> believing this. <laughs> Who shall deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to Jesus Christ, right? He says, thank to Jesus. Jesus got me delivered from this body of death. Okay? In Romans 8, that's how Romans 8 starts off. Okay. When God sees you, he sees you through the finished work of the cross. This is how he sees you. And I always say this. If it's good enough for him, it should be good enough for us. If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. If that's how you see me, Okay. I'll, I'll go with that. It seems like a contradiction sometimes in my life, but okay, I'll go with your version, God. You're right. Amen? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, talks about the sacrifice that Jesus offered. It says, it perfected forever those who were drawing close. Perfected, not just for a little while, perfected forever those who are being drawn close. These are the blood goggles we need to look at ourselves through, okay? <clears throat> so I want to encourage you, look inward. Times of introspection are important. Um, David, David said this of himself. He said, um, talking about his heart, Oh, my soul, why, why so downcast, oh, my soul? You know, David was troubled within him, and, he's, and he, asked, he asked himself the question, Why are you so downcast, soul? What's going on? You know, have you ever been there? Like, sometimes you're just going through life, and you're like, I just feel an anxiety. I just feel an anxiousness, right? Why so downcast, oh, my soul? What's going on? 
So he didn't just look in and say like, oh, here's problems. And then he, he actually turned around and he preached to himself. He said, put your hope in God, soul. He preached to his soul, right? So look inward, do introspection, but do it through the lens of the finished work of the cross. Do it through the lens of the blood of Jesus, right? Do it from approval, not for approval, and it will produce amazing things in your life. It will produce healing and it will produce health. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us and we hope you have a blessed week.